Chapter Twenty of A Winter of Content by Laura Lee Davidson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It is wild strawberry time in Lower Canada. The fields are carpeted with them, and the fern-covered rocks hold each a little garden where the red berries hang over the water like rubies in a setting of clustered leaves. The birds are feasting royally, and I walk along the edges of the meadows, gathering handfuls of the ripe fruit. No one is at home any more. When I stop at a house, the women have all gone a-burying. Thousands of quarts go off to the markets, or are cooked here into jellies and jam, for the delicacy of the winter is wild strawberry preserves. I had it every time I went out to tea. Now they give me strawberry shortcake, and oh how good it is. No garden fruit can compare, in sweetness or perfume, with a little wild berry of the fields. Not all my friends go bearing every day, however. Yesterday I was kneeling on the dock, busy washing my clothes, when a heavily laden motorboat, with the rowboat in tow, rounded the point and headed for the island. In it were Mary Blake, Mrs. Swanson, Anna Jackson, and Jean Foret, Rose Bulak, and Granny Drapeau, sat in the little boat behind, and all space not filled by women of ample build was piled high with pails and baskets. We've come to spend the day, they hailed me. Don't get scared, we've brought our dinners along. Dinner or no dinner, I am glad to see you, I called back, waving an apron and welcome. We knew this would be our last chance to have a visit with you before the campers come, so we've come to have a picnic. Ah, what a happy, friendly day. These women, busy heads of households, women of affairs, laid aside their cares, forgot their responsibilities, and enjoyed their party with the simplicity of children and how good was the chicken, brought already cooked in a shining pail, and the cakes and pies in the baskets. Mrs. Swanson had journeyed in to Sark to buy candy, and all that the store there boasted was the dear old candy of our childhood, little chocolate boys and girls and rabbits, sugar hearts with mottos, jawbreakers, and pepmint sticks. We sat long at the big table on the porch. We talked and talked, or rather they talked, I listened, marking the shrewdness of their deductions the keenness of their comment, the kindliness of their judgments. I heard all about the fine new store at Frontenac, and the bargains one and another had found. They described the magnificence of the yearly celebration there when the Orangemen walk in procession. They told me that this year Joey Truman, the storekeeper, had not scrupled to set off a whole $23 worth of fireworks by way of advertisement. We explored the scant five acres of the island, peeping in at the doors of the little summer sleeping shacks, all swept and furnished for the campers, and then in a pleasant languor of the afternoon, I brought out my stack of photographs and told all about my home folk, for I too have formed the photo-displaying habit of this neighborhood, a friendly, kindly custom that makes one free at once of the home and all the family. I have never gone visiting here without being at once presented with the album. Many a time has my hostess hurried in from the kitchen to ask, has Miss X seen the pictures yet? Big, unmercifully true-to-life crayon likenesses of grandparents stare down from all the parlor walls, ancestral portraits. There are photographs of all the brides and grooms and babies, snapshots of sons fighting somewhere in France, of daughters gone out to make homes of their own on the far-off frontier, and there are faces of those lying safe under the cedars in the little graveyards close at home. I've heard the life stories of all, and so it seems quite natural for me to hand out my pictures, too. 
as evening drew on and milking time approached my guests gathered together pails and baskets and as we walked single file along the trail to the dock i tried to say something of what lies in my heart about all the kindness they have shown me in the year gone by but the lump that rose in my throat choked back the words they climbed into their boats that sank to the gunwales under their weight and i watched them away across the purple water my holiday is over in a very few weeks i must go back to the city and take up my work the same yet never again to be the same here in the quiet of the woods i am trying to take stock of all that this year has done for me it has given me health i have forgotten all about jerking nerves and aching muscles i sleep all night like a stone i eat plain food with relish i walk and row mile after mile i work rejoicing in my strength and glad to be alive there has been also the renewing of my mind for my standards of values are changed things that once were of supreme importance seem now the veriest trifles things that once i took for granted believing them the common due of mankind like air and sunshine warm fires and the kind faces of friends are now the most valuable things in the world what i have learned here of the life of birds and beasts of insects and trees are the veriest primer facts of science to the naturalist to me they are inestimably precious the possessions of my mind for like chicken little i saw them with my eyes and heard them with my ears and i shall carry away a gallery of mind pictures to be a solace and refreshment through all the years to come the camp is ready for its owner i have spent many hours in cleaning arranging replacing that she may find all as she left it ten months ago the island lies neat and fair in the sunshine reminding me of a good child that has been washed and dressed and seated on the doorstep to wait for company never have the woods looked so fair to me or the wide lake where the dragonflies are hawking to and fro over the water so beautiful this is dragonfly season millions of them are darting through the air great green and brown ones with a wing spread of three to four inches wee blue ones like lances of sapphire light little inch long yellow ones and beautiful rusty red today i spent three hours on the dock watching one make that wonderful transition from the life amphibious to the life of the air noon came and went food was forgotten while that miracle unfolded there before my very eyes i was tying the boat when i saw what looked like a very large spider crawling up from the water and out on a board it moved with such effort and seemed so weak that i was tempted to put it out of its pain but if i have learned nothing else in all these months in the woods i have thoroughly learned to keep hands off the processes of nature too often i have seen my well-meant attempts to help things along end in disaster so i gave the creature another glance and prepared to go about my business when i noticed a slit in its humped back and a head with great dull beads of eyes pushing out through the opening then i sat down to watch for i realized that this was birth and not death very slowly the head emerged and the eyes began to glow like lamps of emerald light a shapeless pulpy body came working out and two feeble legs pushed forth and began groping for a firm hold they fastened on the board and then little by little and ever so slowly the whole insect struggled out and lay weak almost inanimate beside the empty case that had held it prisoner so long 
two crumpled lumps on either side began to unfurl and show his wings the long abdomen curled round and under like a snail shell began to uncurl and changed to brilliant green while drops of clear moisture gathered on its enameled sides and dripped from its tip the transparent membrane of the wings now held stiffly erect began to show rainbow colors as they fanned slowly in the warm air and at last nearly three hours after the creature had crept out of the water the great dragonfly stood free beside its cast-off body lying on the dock and because the membrane wings so wonderful so wide so sun suffused were things like soul and naught beside certain stupendous phrases rose in my mind and kept sounding through my thoughts behold i show you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed there it stood that living jewel growing every moment more strong more exquisite waiting perhaps for some trumpet call of its life suddenly it stiffened the great wing shot out horizontally and with one joyous upward bound away it flashed an embodied triumph out across the shining water straight up into the glory of the sun when i came to myself i was standing a tiptoe gazing up after it my breath was coming in gas and i heard my own voice saying it is sown in weakness it is raised in power thanks be to god which give us the victory then standing there under those trees clothed in their new green and upspringing to the sky and beside the lake where the young ferns trooped down to the water's edge valiant little armies with banners there came to me one of those strange flashes of understanding that pierce for an instant the thick dullness of our minds and give us a glimpse of the meaning of this life we live in blindness here i had seen those woods all bare and dead rise triumphant in a glorious spring i had seen that lake grow dark and still and lie ice-bound through the strange sleep of winter its water now lay rippling in the sun since my coming to many islands one year ago the great war has broken forth civilization has seemed to die and the hearts of half the world have gone down into a grave but even to me has come the echo of the great voice that spoke to john as he stood gazing on a new heaven and new earth i am the beginning and the end it said behold i make all things new end of chapter twenty end of a winter of content by laura lee davidson